up to the listeners. This show is for people who have already listened to all of Six Minutes. There will be spoilers. There are kids in this world who are different. Special. They look like us and they act like us. But they are not us. And one of them is missing. Oh, that's exciting sound effect. That's a good way to start. <laughs> it's so cool. Uh, welcome to Six Minutes Rewind, the show where we re-listen to six minutes, episode by episode. I'm Jessica Fisher, Gen Z marketing coordinator and Six Minutes super fan. On this podcast, we'll go behind the scenes and talk about our favorite parts of the show and give out our six awards with Six Minutes creators, cast members, and even other super fans like you. Today, we're talking about episodes one through three. Six Minutes Begins, Six Minutes Without a Past, and Six Minutes One Year Later. With me today are GZM Chief Production Officer, Editor, Composer, Chris Terry, and Chief Creative Officer, Head Writer, David Kreisman. How's it going? Yay! Yay. It's our first episode <laughs> of Six Minutes Rewind. Woohoo! I'm a little scared, but very exciting. Yeah, I'm super duper excited. Yeah, I like this show. You like this show already? Yeah, I do. <laughs> What were some first reactions to uh, listening to the first couple episodes? Oh, it was really fun to go back and listen to it again. You know, this is going to be a really, really fun adventure. And my daughter has also just gotten into listening to it. She's now the right age. And she is really in love with it, too. So she's many, many episodes ahead. But, uh, but <laughs> here we are at the beginning. What about you, Dave? Uh, yeah, it's great to re-listen. When I listen to the story again, I always think about how we made it. I think about our time in the studio. So it's kind of hard to separate the story from the creation of these shows. I have the same thing whenever I've worked on any albums or stuff. You know, it could be 30 years later and I listen to it and I remember a specific decision on a specific moment in a song or, or something where I just remember the reason why we made that decision. Whether it's the right decision or not, they stick with you forever, at least for me. You know, I just always remember why we made a particular decision. <laughs> wow, that makes me so curious about, like, what decisions were made that crafted the story. I guess before we dive into those sorts of, like, questions and decisions, David, do you think you could try to do, like, the Ivan voice so we can do, like, a recap? Sure. So, uh, spoiler alert, I played Ivan on the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> did a very good job with a little bit of effects. A little bit of effects. All right, here we bit. go. This will be a very quick Ivan recap. Episode one. The Anders family's on a whale-watching trip off the coast of Alaska when Birdie falls in the water. Cyrus dives in to save her and sees another girl floating out there. When they bring her on board, she says one word, Holiday. At the hospital, Holiday wakes up and asks James and Monica if they are her parents. They say yes. Creepy. Episode 2. <laughs> Holiday is visited by a strange boy who flies by her window. He seems to know secrets about her past and promises to see her in a year. Episode 3. A year later, Holiday still can't remember anything. The Anders family celebrates her birthday, and she finds a mysterious gift under her bed, a hoverboard. She and Cyrus take it outside where the hoverboard zooms off with Holiday along for the ride. That's a lot of stuff in uh, three six-minute episodes. No, it's true. I actually, when I when I sat down to like think about questions and things, I was like, there's just so much meat in these first few episodes. Like You introduce such rich characters right from the start, 
And there's so many questions that some of them go unanswered. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so one thing I would like to so first of all, these three episodes are kind of what we call the pilot. Although actually, when we first recorded it, can you hear my dog barking? <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, when we first recorded it, we only had episodes one and three. So the first episode ended with We Are Your Parents, and then we immediately jumped ahead to a year later. But as we started thinking about the rest of the story, we realized there was more to tell in that moment to sort of explain why the parents made that decision, how they got the kids to agree Mm. to go along with this lie that they were telling Holiday. So we added that extra moment, that whole extra episode with Badger, and then got to episode three which was originally episode two. Oh, wait. So like in episode three, when in the original creation, we had never met Badger in the first three episodes. That's correct. Yeah, correct. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That is so interesting. I guess my my other thing too is um, I really like how in episode two, you already start off with some pushback from Cyrus and uh, some excitement from Birdie and you set up more family dynamic that gets delved into later. I guess that's just a compliment, not a question. <laughs> Re-listening to it, I was, I was, I was. We were always a little concerned about making the parents too creepy, but it was really, really fun to sort of hear how how their their intentions are very much, uh, you know, in question, and you're sort of wondering why. And in in writing the story, that something that people always ask is, how much did you know in advance, and how mm. much were you making up as you went along? And the answer is a combination of the two things. So there were things we knew, kind of tent poles along the way. We knew what the big mystery was going to be, that it was going to pay off you know, a certain, certain amount of episodes later. But we kind of wrote it in mini-stories. So the first mini-story is, can the parents be trusted? And that's obviously set up in the very mm-hmm. first cliffhanger in episode one. And so each one was generally about 20 episodes long, each of those mini-stories. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, I guess I was just going to ask the uh, initial idea. Like, where did the initial idea for the show come from? Well, interestingly, most of the shows that we've ever made come from the idea of the story first, and then we kind of start figuring out the format. This one, the idea for the format came first. What if we made a show that was short episodes? And the original thought was that it would be a daily show. And maybe we didn't know how many months it would go for. Like, maybe it would be three months of of five or six minute episodes every day. And then that sort of felt a little ambitious as we started to get into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so we scaled it back to, to twice a week with the idea that it would go on for I- indefinitely. Yeah, um, to see, see how long we could. You know, back in those days too, uh, people were talking a lot about sort of how do you wrap your head around a, a, an audio drama, especially when most of them are only like, you know, three, four, five, sometimes 10 episodes long, and then they mm. stop production while they're working on the next season. And that sometimes takes a long time. So nobody, at least at that point, we had, other than like classic sort of, you know, British audio dramas that are run, run for a long <laughs> time, we wanted to see if we could do one that was just sort of ongoing and like what, what that would look like and if it was possible to do that and keep producing material for other shows at the same time. I guess my next question is like, sure, okay, like you start off with the idea of, of bite-sized episodes, but how do you come up with the rich story? So then the next part was I knew that in that format that we needed to have a story that would have a big mystery that could go on for a long time and that would start start hot with a big cliffhanger and that could sustain lots of other cliffhangers. And so it just came from this idea of a girl found in the water floating there with no memory of who she was or where she came from. And, and then she would start to develop these powers and start investigating where her past came from. So that, that was just sort of the original 
you know, flash of inspiration. And from there, we started talking about all the other parts of it. But that it started right there. I remember the early days of writing everything out on the on the on, in the writers' room on the on the on the whiteboard and stuff, and trying to figure out like everything was going to happen. And it's kind of amazing, even from those first early sessions, how much of how much of it stayed in the show. You know what mm. I mean? Uh, and you know, obviously, Dave and his team took it to whole new heights as well. But but it was uh, it was really uh, fun to see that that the germs, like Dave said, a lot of the times. Once we had the format idea, then a lot of it comes from like a big idea for a show, you know, and then we start breaking it down from there. Right. I think my next question too, the music. The music definitely suits the tone of the show. And it's really cool that you got that right in the first try. Or it could be, you know, chicken or the egg. Like <laughs> crafting, crafting the tone around the song. I think I, know I went you, through like four or five different themes, maybe four themes oh, really? before we arrived at, yeah, one of them. Oh, wow. So could you tell me more about that process? Well, you know, typically we write, I'll write a theme and then I'll take it by Ben to Dave and we'll sort of, yeah, you know, maybe. And then I'll write a second one. And usually it's the second or third one that we end up picking or sometimes we go back to the first. But this one's interesting because it comes from a bit of musical history that, that I have with this particular bass line, which is kind of fun. I actually brought some clips. You know what? That's how prepared I am. I brought some wow. clips. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> if you listen to if you listen to the opening, like I'll play the little tiny second of the montage we just heard. Okay. So check it out. Her pulse is weak, but she's breathing. So you hear that bass line, right? Mm-hmm. That comes from a tune that I used to play in a band many years ago called Meadowood um, in Canada. And we were like this sort of jazz band that toured all over the world and stuff. When we had a tune called Five Minute Margin. And check it out. Here's the, here's the opening. This is a live concert we did, I think, in France somewhere. But check this out. Oh, wow. So there's the band comes in. And we're all playing the bass line right now. But that's sort of, this is sort of like, you know, and you can sort of hear it there. And then that comes even from when I was a kid listening to Grandmaster Flash. Check it out. Bass. Now we play the montage one more time. It's a lot faster, but it's the same bass line. Check it out. Her pulse is weak, but she's breathing. My name is Dr. Andrew. Right? So all of that. That's so cool. Yeah, I never knew that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So all of it is based on that bass line uh, from Grandmaster Flash when I was a kid and then uh, playing that tune called Five Minute Margin in Metalwood and uh, all the way up to, it's also in a ton of other tunes. I could go through and probably pick out 10 other songs where that's just a famous bass line that is played. It's very, very, people just react to it and it's, a, and it's also a particular rhythm. So yeah, so there's some behind the scenes in terms of, in terms of the, the theme. And I think what we talked about from a story, because one of the things that before Chris starts writing the music, we kind of talk about the, the tone and story mm-hmm. of the show. And I, th- I think one of the things we, we brought up was Run, Lola, Run was one of the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think in the beginning, we had this idea that, you know, kind of every, every episode would have this kind of propulsive energy, like Run, Lola, Run, where she's, she's chasing, being chased and chasing after something. Oh, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, it, it's, it's a fun movie to check out. But um, so that's one of the things we, we talked about. And uh, Born Identity also, which, you know, it's, it shares some things in common with the story. So I remember having that conversation at the beginning. Born Identity. Oh, wow. Okay. I can see that. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, if you listen to the vocalist, my, my friend Shana Steele is singing on this. And if you, hear, yeah, if you hear her again, <laughs> we'll play it one more time. It's this. Yeah, yeah. Her 
house this week, but she's breathing. She's doing all that background singing. My name is Dr. Andrews. Can you hear me? You know, so I had her come over and, and sing on the track. And then if you hear her, she plays the nurse in the, in the, uh, she plays the nurse in the hospital room. Th there's a boy at the window. What? I, I saw his face right there. Look, he's, he's gone. Honey, we're on the fifth floor. If you saw a boy out the window, then that boy can fly. So I think that's, that's the that's coolest her. Easter egg ever. <laughs> yeah, so that's the same person. And I believe we got that line because I think she was over recording the vocals for the theme that day, and I just got her to do that part. But, yeah. That actually makes me feel like I have, for, for our six categories, like our six awards. Oh, we get to go to the awards. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I guess we can go into the awards section. Okay. Da, 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 what is the, what da, did, da, Jess, da, what da. is the awards section? Uh, okay. Category one. Best cliffhanger. Maybe we leave that last so it's like a cliffhanger, but it's not. Anyway. Two, best line of dialogue. Three, best sound design. Four, Easter egg. Best Easter egg. Five, Road to Nowhere award for a story beat that never really paid off. I think we can maybe explain <laughs> that a little bit more <laughs> later. <laughs> Road to Nowhere award. Big fan. And then the episode MVP. That actually made me want to skip over to Best Line of Dialogue Award because I had, like, lines picked out, but I actually think I want to add that line into the running, the, the That Boy Can Fly line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is easily one of the best. What are you guys thinking for Best Line of Dialogue? What's yours, Dave? Well, I'm attached to so many lines in, this, mm. in these few episodes. I've heard them so many times. I think I like Is She a Mermaid? Um, because 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 of how long it takes before we pay off that question. <laughs> That's totally fair. I remember the first time I was listening, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe she's a mermaid. Okay. <laughs> and look, it's a lot of the things we've set up in in episode one, and we told we'll talk about this later with the with the road to nowhere. We try to put as many possible roads as we can in the in the first episode or two because we aren't 100% sure of where we're going. So we put lots of little clues in knowing that some of them are going to pay off at some point and some of them some of them may not. I guess this might be considered a spoiler, but was there ever a universe where she was a mermaid? I don't think we ever talked about her being a mermaid, but okay. uh, but this will definitely be a spoiler. The moment where Birdie essentially turns into a mermaid later yeah. was not something we had thought about <laughs> at that point. But it was definitely one of those where where the idea where I I thought about that idea after she got injected with the Gene serum, and it was kind totally. of like, uh, can we really do this? It was one of those that I was like, why not? Sure. And it's I'm really always fun. a big fan of callbacks to like the very first episode of people, <laughs> yeah. people that actually yeah, recognize them, you know? I, I, yeah, I think my favorite line is uh, probably um, the ambrosia line, you know? Oh, um, yeah. Her ambrosia line. I have a clip of that one if you can find it. Oh, I think see, it says uh, ambrosia oh, in the file. Yeah, yeah. But I found this girl in the water, and she has ambrosia, and my parents decided in like a millisecond to adopt her. <laughs> I just think <laughs> I that's it. such a killer one line and two reading of the line. Like, yeah, wow. Yeah, she does. 10 out of 10. Yeah, the first time we heard Lily Brooks do that thing, which we, you know, obviously make that kind of joke a million times with Birdie in the show, it was like she, that really is her. And it was so perfect to be able to, to write those in whenever we could. So fun. Oh, yeah. She has a few of those. Like, this is going to be lit. Like, she hasn't, yeah. I think I also have a clip of that see. one. Oh, yeah, here it is. This is lit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We got to play that again. This is lit. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, I made that like just short enough that we can just like throw that anywhere. Totally, That's that awesome. that could be one that we just play all the time on the show. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Okay, so we have the Ambrosia line. We have the That Boy Can Fly. Mm -hmm. um, I also wrote down the That's What Makes This Family So Strong line. I do have a clip of that. That's what makes this family so strong. There's nothing we wouldn't do to protect each other. Because I think it's so loaded. Because with, with us as an audience trying to figure out if we can trust the parents, and also it is just true throughout the show that it is that is what makes the family so strong. There is nothing they wouldn't do to protect each other. I think it's a very loaded and deep line, and that's why I like it so much. It is fun. And I, I Dave, you, I don't know if you agree or not, but I think re-listening to this, one of the things that I uh, really was surprised at is how much more, more lovable, not just the parents, but in particular the dad became. Mm. You know, in the beginning, he's very serious and kind of, you know, covering up a lot. He's still him, but at the same time, I don't know, just, you know, like all the characters, they just grew into their parts in such a great way. Yeah, and they grew as a family, too. You know, even being in the studio, working together once a month, watching the actors really become like a family was, was one of the great parts of the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's so special. I love that. Wow. So I guess, are, the, are those the three lines we want to go with? I think so. Yeah, I think that's great. Top, but did we just decide that it's this, that, that girl can fly or that boy can fly? Is that our top one? Or do we pick a top? Are we picking tops or are we just picking our best? That's a great question. Because if we were doing our best, I would fight for Ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's all well and good, but like, let's fight about it. You know? Right, 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 right. <laughs> well, we don't need to fight. I'll go with Ambrosia too. Yeah, no arguments from me either. Right. Okay, that sounds great. What's next? I think I want to save cliffhanger for the end. So uh, let's go with best sound design. Okay. Oh, this is super interesting. Really quick, Chris, talk about the hoverboard sound. Yeah, that was one that took a while to kind of figure out. And the first time we actually, we don't really run into the hoverboard uh, for the for the first little bit. But one of the interesting things we, we really spent a long time sort of debating or thinking about was when Badger pulls up at the uh, hospital and we made him riding a skateboard because he really couldn't pull up on a hoverboard. Right. With, with, so it was this sort of idea that I think early on was like maybe the hoverboard can also be a skateboard, um, you know. So this is just an example of us, you know, kind of figuring it out kind of in a way, you know, kind of interesting. That You can hear it here. I'll play. I'll play. Here's the skateboard. Here's him pulling up on the skateboard. It's a project for school. So... Right, this idea that he's like rolled up on the skateboard, and then that sort of turned into sort of turned into the hover, you know, the hoverboard sound. Here's one of them. Did he? Right, you could hear it there. But I think my favorite one is when kind of a combination of hoverboard and. But my favorite sound design moment in the whole show is um, episode three, where uh, where Holiday says "woohoo" in the background mm. as we cut to the uh, the final closing theme. You know, every so often as a sound designer, you get that thing right where, like, you get the reverb right and the distance right, and she sounds like she's far away. Here, I'll play it a bit. It's really my favorite sound design moment. How did you do that? I don't know. I just did it. Check this move out. That's insane. I know, right? Woo! Slow down. I can't keep up. I don't know how. Holiday. Oh, my gosh. I'm really doing this. <laughs> Holiday. So I love that woohoo at the end is really great. And you can hear early versions of the of the hoverboard there, where it just sounded almost a little more like a jet craft, right, Dave? Rather than yeah. what it <laughs> yeah. sort of became. 
Yeah, it definitely evolved over time, for sure. And I think that feeling of the, the hoverboard going up and down and moving in and out and, and timing that to the noises that Shahadi was making at the same time, I think, was took a, took a lot of work, I remember, in the beginning. Yeah, and also the idea to get... I mean, sometimes our picture is not in our head is like sometimes not what the audience takes away. And that's totally fine. You know, the idea that Cyrus is following her on his bike and what you hear before she says, woohoo, is him actually stopping on his bike. You know, that I did not know. Yeah. So he sort of stops on his bike and then yells to her and she's already way in the distance. And that's like the woohoo, you know. So in terms of the picture that we have on our heads, you know, and it, it doesn't always have to mash up with what the what the audience is hearing, too. But as long as that excitement is there and they have a picture in their head, as long as it's a picture in their head, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I guess that's the beauty of audio drama, that it's like we don't need to see it. Because I, I didn't, now knowing that Cyrus is on a bike, I think that's interesting. But for me, I was just like, this scene is so fun, right. you know? And that's that's what really matters, I think. Exactly. That's a good takeaway. I think another sound we liked is Birdie falling into the water. Then I'm going to get nice and close. Look him right in the blowhole and see. Whoa! Bert! Oh. Ah! Birdie! Stop the boat. Yeah, that's a fun, that's a fun one. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we talked about a lot in that scene, first of all, when Birdie falls in, when Cyrus goes after, all of it was the question of where are we? Are we with Cyrus mm. as he's swimming to rescue her when he's swimming to rescue Holiday? And the decision was made to stay on the boat with the perspective of, of the parents, really, in that spot. Because it's very hard to really get a sense of being in the water, swimming in that way. But if we hear him from a distance, it just made it that much more exciting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What was that second splash? I just noticed that. So the first splash was actually supposed to be the, bo- the boat like getting jostled. And so that's what, oh. makes, that's what makes her fall. And then she falls from the, from the boat and then hits the water. Oh. Right. That time listening to it, I heard like the bubbles. Right. That was very satisfying. I liked that a lot. <laughs> oh, it's cool. Do we like hoverboard or the falling into water sound? That's a tough one. Yeah, I'm always good. I, I always love a splash because everybody knows exactly what it is. Mm. The hoverboard was, was, was a development. You know, and I'm sure as we go through this, we'll play the hoverboard sound and we'll, you know, when we get to some of the later episodes, like, hey, here's the hoverboard sound we finally landed on. <laughs> you know? So some, some points off for inconsistency. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think we have, to, we, have to, we have to call it like it is. There's a few points off for inconsistency. I think is a good, good way to go. That's funny. Okay, uh, let's move on to another category, um, Easter egg. Are you guys looking at the the document we've prepared? Because my understanding of Easter egg was like you guys voicing characters, but I see things here like helicopter, Whittier Corp, and Admiral Grayling, which I'm not sure what you guys mean by that. Well, I think sometimes an Easter egg is something that's buried, a, a line that's mm. given away that is a hint at where the story is going to go without it actually being... Uh, a big part of the story at that moment. So we hear that helicopter fly over the ship, uh, but it's not something that that we know what it means for another 100 episodes or so. Totally. Okay, that makes sense. And Admiral Grayling is uh, is <laughs> we always <laughs> we always loved talking about Admiral Grayling. It was always it was always really fun. What do I have? Is this is this the uh... Hello? Yes, Admiral Grayling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's another one we could just play like Hello? Yes, Admiral Grayling. Well, because Admiral Grayling is always kind of, it's always a one-way call where we're just with James. And so we're always kind of making up what Admiral Grayling was saying on the other side. Right. Don't we meet him later on, though, Dave? We do it. He's in the barracks, isn't he? He has one, yeah, he has one scene in the barracks. And and there were ideas of Admiral Grayling playing a much bigger role that uh, kind of fell by the wayside. Right, right. 
I think it'd yeah. be funny imagining that Admiral Grayling has like a really, really silly voice. Like, hello! <laughs> Since we can't ever hear the other side. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, but I think Easter egg is everything Dave's saying, but also the, what you say as well, Jess, I think. I think those can be the fun things, the inside knowledge, like, you know, like the, uh, like. I have some clips of you guys uh, doing some voices. Oh, yeah. This is this is an Easter egg that you can find in um, a lot of the show and pretty much a lot of our other shows, too. Whenever we're in a hospital, <laughs> you always hear one of us call uh, our other partner is Ben Strauss and we always call Ben's name so check it out here bird got you some chips it's way in the background there did you hear it in that one and here's here's another one Paging Dr. Strauss Dr. Strauss to ER check her vitals again it's, <laughs> it's as close doctor. as Ben will ever get to being a doctor exactly <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. It was um it was funny. I think I had I had just been hired to this position by Ben and then I heard that and I was like, ah, these guys. <laughs> Their names in there. <laughs> it is fun. And I do the and I do the I do the voice. So I also do the voice. I think you picked one in here that, that I do the voice on. And people are always asking us what voices we do, and we can't really remember. And I had completely forgotten about this one. Dave's done a lot of great line readings in his time. Mostly it's, hey, you, come back here. I exactly. did a lot of those. <laughs> this is, and this is my, this is one of my only uh, ones that I... Check her vitals again and let me know if anything has changed. Uh, yes, Dr. Andrews. <laughs> Brilliant. The Brilliant. vocal fry. I tell that. you that I just delivered that on such a level. I just can't even believe it. <laughs> wow. Okay. So as far as Easter eggs go, I, I got to say the Admiral Grayling thing really made me laugh. So I think I vote for that one. Right, right. Well, there's also one more that you had down here, Dave, the Whittier Corp. Well, there's the question of what Whittier Corp's involvement is in all of this. And, and we hear ah. right off the bat, you know, this about Whittier Corp experimenting with whale DNA and, and that. So we are planting this <laughs> idea of Whittier Corp and what they're, that they're up to some shenanigans here without actually uh, explaining who they are and what they do. Right. It's the first time we ever hear about them. I read online that the scientists at Whittier are actually using whale cells to experiment with human evolution. Oh, I guess. So Easter egg could also be considered like foreshadowing in some ways. There's a line that Holiday says where she says, I think I'll keep my blood inside my body. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I think I'll keep my blood inside my body. I don't think it was ever intended to do that, though, right, Dave? I think that moment she was just simply responding. Yeah, that was, that was mostly just a line to set up that Cyrus is super into science and maybe not as understanding that not everybody else is like, he, like the way he is. Yeah, because that's just for the context of it. That's when Cyrus gives Holiday a microscope and he's like, you should look at blood under it. And she's like, no. But listening to it this time, I was like, ah, interesting. Well, I would still go with, I think, I think Admiral Grayling just has it. I mean, just because he was a running joke between all of us, too, as we were doing it. And Dave and I would always just <laughs> keep doing Admiral Grayling all the time. Like you're talking to Admiral Grayling, but you never hear from him. Yeah, the, one of the jokes we would make all the time was that Admiral Grayling kept asking James whether he would rather fight 100 du duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck. Because we just hear James going, mm -hmm, yes, yes, Admiral Grayling. And, and Admiral Grayling is changing his mind. I, actually, now, today, I think I would prefer to fight the one horse-sized duck. Right, and, and all you hear, all, all you hear on, on James' side, right, right, sir, yes, horse-sized duck. Correct, yes. 
<laughs> that's, a, that's really funny. What kind of activity, sir? Yes, exactly. horse-sized duck. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, horse-sized duck. <laughs> yes. Oh, today's horse-sized duck. Horse-sized duck. Okay, great. That's really, really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, we did that throughout the production, always laughing. And it just got more and more crazy and crazy and crazier and the more we did it. Yeah. All right. I think Admiral Grayling wins the award there. All right. Congratulations. Congratulations, Admiral Grayling. Grayling. Your, 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 your duck-sized trophy is in the mail. Oh, I can't wait to make a little graphic for that and put it on Instagram. No, I, think, I think it would be, well, well, yes, Admiral Grayling. Yes, the Easter egg category. You're correct. Yes. <laughs> That's great. So I guess the next one is the Road to Nowhere Award for a story beat that never really paid off, which we're keeping that full title for it. Okay, <laughs> great. That's, that's a good transition because Admiral Grayling, I would, I would put in that category too. He's definitely one that didn't pay off. Another one that I would put in this category would, would be Dr. Farber. So mm-hmm. Dr. Farber is there. The, the main reason Dr. Farber is there beca- is because we realize until Cyrus comes clean with Holiday and becomes a talk-to for her, she really has nobody to explain what she's going through because everybody in her family is lying to her. And we needed to hear her thoughts or in her thoughts. So we created this idea of a therapist that she could talk to, you know, leave messages for. And we did at some point think that we were going to meet Dr. Farber. Maybe Dr. Farber would be someone who was not so trustworthy and had all these recordings of what Holiday was going through. But, oh. but we ended up not going there. And and even the recordings to Dr. Farber kind of kind of slipped away. We brought it back to the, at, in the very end, but we didn't spend a lot of time there along the way in, in the story. Well, I think it's a nice device because it's like a lot of the story has to do with Holiday grappling with like the metaphor of growing up. That is, I have special powers, and you know all that all that business. You know, a lot of kids struggle with mental health. A lot of kids go to therapy. Like I was a kid in therapy too, and I think it's just really nice to be able to have that one device, but also like outlet for her. And the connection that kids can have to her when listening, you know? Yes, and, and we never went down to the path of <laughs> revealing that Dr. Farber was some kind of horrible maniac. Or so, I, yeah, I was going so to say, I'm glad you didn't do that. So am I, so am I. <laughs> I, always, I also always wondered why she just wasn't talking directly to, I, to Dr. Farber. I, I imagine they were meeting like once a week and then he was just trying to get her to do these recordings, you know, in between to sort of capture her thoughts, sort of way I, the way I read it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I think that's nice because, like, a lot of it has to do with Holiday being, like, sad and distressed and confused like a lot of kids are. Right. I guess because of that, in my heart, that one wins the award over whale DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say whale DNA probably. That really didn't go anywhere at all. But but we were <laughs> thinking about that maybe, maybe we, you know, we knew there were going to be the wit kids, kids with powers, and that maybe this idea of using animal DNA was going to be be part of it. Is um, that true about the whale DNA? No. I don't know. No. no? Uh, well, the only thing that's true, so there was some truth to the idea that whales are a lot smarter than people think they are. So that was the choice. You know, and that, ah. was, and that was part of the reason we chose whale watching in the first place, so that we could get that in there in the, in, oh, in the, in the sure. opening. It also establishes them in, in Alaska. That's right. Yeah. But it didn't really go anywhere, so... Dr. Farber, I mean, it's such a big one that didn't go, <laughs> such a big one that we played too. I think that has, I mean, I think, I think Dr. Farber is the winner. He or she is the winner. I don't know. I don't, I don't even Farber. know. Yeah. I don't even know who, where to call. Wow. I, mean, I don't know where Dr. Farber is at the moment. Ring, ring. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I think I want to save, actually, I think I want to save MVP for the end. I'm really going all over the place. No, no. Go you don't know it. where I'm going next. So next, I think we'll do best cliffhanger. Let's see. So what, Kat, number one is yes. Yes, we're your parents, right? Uh-huh. So here it is. Why can't I remember anything? It's okay, honey. You're safe now. 
You were in an accident. I... Are you... Are you my parents? Are we your... Yes. Yes, sweetheart. Of course we are. We are your mom and dad. Yeah. Amy, who plays Monica, just absolutely kills that line every time. She like, does. It's so good. Every, every, every time. Every time. Every time. Yeah. <laughs> I like to say that to my kids every night before bed. Yes. <laughs> We're your mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She does a, such a great job of, of setting that up. It's so fantastic. And in the first little while when we're unsure about the parents' sort of intentions, for me, it's just, she just is so good. She really sets the bar for, I think, that sort of creepiness. It's fantastic. Totally. What do we got for episode two? Yeah. So the next one we have is when Badger says he's going to be back in a year. And this is it. Safe? They'll look after you. But you'll see me again, one year from today. I'll be back to find you. Have fun. Wait, where are you going? Get off the window ledge, you're gonna fall! One year, Holiday. One year. Did he just fly away? Yeah, we come close to getting to the eventual real uh, hoverboard sound there too. Um, and then also, you know, we should always say that that sound that we use in the background is uh, used throughout the entire series where you get this sort of rise. This oh, it's, it, what sure. It, yeah, what it is is a uh, – it's it's like a jet engine or something. I forget what the actual sound is, but yeah. Yeah, I, I like that one a lot too because I remember listening and being like, oh, wow. Imagine being holiday and being told in a year this flying boy is going to come back. That is a great cliffhanger because – I don't know. For me, it puts me in Holiday's position mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. like, curiosity and almost fear. What do we have? What's the th- what's for, for episode three? What's the cliffhanger there? It's the woo! All right. So that is my— It's, it's another not, hoverboard cliffhanger. And it's not only that. It's my favorite sound design thing, too. Yeah, so I don't know if we're allowed to have the same thing in every category, but uh, I'm partial to that one. Dave, what's yeah, your we'll pick for the, out of those three? I think I've got to go with, yes, we're your mom and dad. As much as I like the other one, you got to like a cliffhanger that doesn't get paid off for an entire year. That's pretty good. <laughs> and it's certainly exciting as she takes off on that. That's probably the, the third one is probably the most technically cliffhangery because we, we pick it right back up with the action sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still oh, think true. that that moment that she says where your mom and dad still is, really sticks with me. Yeah, it sets up the mystery very well. I think I agree with that one. Yeah, I think that has to be the winner. I agree. You guys, you guys have talked me out of my love of the ding, ding, of ding. her of her wahoo hoverboard escape. <laughs> I think that you can still fun. love it. Just okay. isn't the winner. I'll love it. On I'll love it. Just love it. Just a little less. Than just the a little less. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. I guess that leads me to episode MVP. I didn't write that down. I didn't write down options because I thought that that would come later. So I'm thinking we got you know we've got Cyrus, we've got Birdie. We've got Monica and James, Holiday, Badger. You know, we have Admiral Grayling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who are we feeling? I mean, you, you know, just in talking about the about the 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 line winner for best for best cliffhanger and the way Amy delivered that line. Mm. I mean, there's something about just the way that I feel like she set the bar sort of for how in this these few episodes for how everybody was going to sort of interact as a family, and she's she's sort of like. She's sort of the center of it all, you know, in a way. And she's also the mystery part of it. And so I think I think I would have to go I'd have to go with Monica. Dave, what do you think? This is kind of a boring answer, but I think I have to go with Holiday. Yeah. Even though she's not that makes sense. in that much of episode one, 
for me, that monologue to Dr. Farber really sets the emotional stage. And, and I remember the first time we heard Shahadi do it. Mm-hmm. That's really kind of what won her the role because we'd heard a lot of people, you know, we needed them to do a lot of different things in the audition. So they had to be, do the action and they had to be funny. But nobody really nailed that emotion, mm-hmm. that sadness, that kind of loneliness and, un- and being unsure of yourself the way, the way she did. It kind of like broke our, our hearts, I think, just in the audition. I remember, so, I remember that moment so clearly. I remember you and I looking at each other going, yeah, like, this, that, yeah this is it. That's, she's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I vote for her on, on the strength of that alone. You know, when you talked about that, when I was listening over today, the line that she says about, oh, I think I just ate too much cake or something when Cyrus comes into her room. Right. And it's yeah. so, well, it's also so obvious that it's like, no, she's really sad. She just, the way she delivers that line and it's so quick is, it just shows that she's a great actor. I actually have two things that I'm thinking about for episode MVP. One of those is Cyrus for you know, diving into the water to save his sister <laughs> and Holiday. Right. That's crazy pants. And his emotional journey from being like, what do you mean she's going to live with us? To then being sort of uh, an outlet for her over at the end of episode three. So Cyrus is up there for me. And then also Badger. Badger for being super creepy and for, you know, following through with the hoverboard, giving her the warning. Um, and sort of being the impetus for, like, the story to begin, you know? Mm-hmm. But I guess mm-hmm. that comes a little bit later in episode four. So I guess my vote might be Cyrus. I mean, I think I think in terms of an arc, you know, I mean, everybody went through so much. But uh, his arc was True. amazing. You know, Dave, like, just what he went through from the beginning to the end is just uh, really, really cool. We see We see him sort of become... Like a man, you know what I mean? In a mm-hmm. way, it's like really, really great. And a, and a real hero. And, and, a, and a kid who starts out being so much in his own, in his head, um, and True. not really connected to his heart. You know, he really becomes the heart of the show, I think. You know, his, certainly his relationship with Holiday and really feeling that she is his sister is such a big emotional part of the show, too. That's a good point of him being so in his head. Like, I think the I have a little clip of his first line because he's so, like, snooty in the first line ever. Yeah, here he is. I know twice as much as this lady. You know you do, honey. Yeah. I was like, wow, did, did they intend for us to, like, not like him at the outset and then, <laughs> and then grow? Because when I first heard that line, I was like, oh, my gosh, who is this kid? <laughs> he's just someone who feels that he's the smartest person in every room. And then little by little kind of starts to realize that that's not what matters. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. I thought that this, uh, I thought those are some pretty great awards. I think, you know, we did not have a double up in any category. We still haven't decided whether that's actually allowed. So I guess as we move on yeah, through we'll all this, we'll have to find we'll, out later. We'll find out, right? I mean, I guess. But uh, is there any other questions as we wrap it up here? I mean, do you have any uh, any other Thought, you know, this is great, Jess, because you are the ultimate super fan. Oh, well, and, thank you. Uh, and, and so, you know, you're <laughs> going to think of questions that we don't, we don't think of. So I guess, uh, you know, the choice to drop Holly as a nickname for Holiday. <laughs> because mm. Birdie says Holly, I think, in episode three. I do have a clip of that. There is proof. Oh, and wow. it, is, it never comes back. You want to know why that happened? I do. I think... Well, I think once once we heard it out loud, I didn't like it so much. <laughs> I liked Holiday much more than Holly. Yeah. Making it a cool name into a name that's kind of more ordinary was uh, just something that I did, didn't really feel like we needed to do anymore. And Halls is way better. Halls rocks. Halls is so good. Yeah, totally. And here, so here it is. This is. Okay, your turn, Holly. 
Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it sounds weird just to hear it now. It's really yeah. It <laughs> I hear the music. I think I think that's telling us we got to go. Episode four, five, and six is next. What do you got, Jess? Okay, um, if you'd like to be on the show, email me at jessica at gzmshows.com with an audio clip of why you should be on the show. Amazing. Uh, peace, peace, love, love and no <laughs> Jess, this is a message for all the Six Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history. Hey, parents and teachers, have you heard about gzmclassroom.com? It's a website where teachers can get companion resources for everyone's favorite GZM shows. Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Podcast Title Pending, Seis Minutos, The Res, Becoming Mother Nature, Iowa Chapman and the Last Dog, Treasure Island 2020, The Hollow, Young Ben Franklin, and The Big Fib all have companion resources for additional critical thinking, listening comprehension, and ultimately creativity. We made them just for you. And oh yeah, they're free. Free. The people on Facebook didn't believe us, but they are F-R-E-E free. Head to gzmclassroom.com and get yours today.